Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We got a lot of different things to cover. There's breaking news this morning, and it's brought me back to something that I've been meaning to hit on, but haven't yet. That is theory of karma. Sports karma has (laughs) kicked a couple people right in the butt. Two athletes in particular have been kicked right in the tail with sports comma over the last week. So we'll talk about that. College football, the rankings, the uh, playoff committee rankings did change last night at the top. There was some change. I'm a little surprised. Thought they might just leave it status quo because these things will be taken care of on the field, but no, no, no. One team is now... We have a new number one. The rest of the top eight stayed the same, but we do have a new number one. I wonder why that happened. There is a probably the greatest debate in the history of the four-team playoff is brewing. And I am here for it. Oh, please, right. please, please give me an undefeated Florida State, an undefeated whoever wins Michigan and Ohio State, and then a bunch of one-loss teams after that, and and twist the the pretzel will be twisted around in a million different ways to justify about four or five teams being in those last two. I cannot wait for this. We'll talk about that. Big Twelve. Hey, listen, if you don't like a rule, change it. Not normally 10 weeks into the season. Here's the deal. Did they get it right? I think so. I think it was ridiculous to think that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State could all tie, and Oklahoma State wouldn't win that tiebreaker, seeing as to how, you know, they beat Oklahoma and Kansas State. The head should matter. It should matter. Now, there's also some other things going into it, like, okay, that's great, but the Cowboys didn't go to Texas like Kansas State had to. If they'd had to done that, would that have changed the tiebreak? Right, right. You know, there's there's a lot of things there, but uh, the Big 12 did change the rule mid-flow. We'll talk about that. And then a couple, you know, it's interesting. Yesterday, Yesterday, a couple of quarterbacks in the Big 12 that everyone thought this was going to be their last season at their respective schools. Maybe not. And how does that affect the quarterback room? And these two schools specifically are Oklahoma and Texas. And then I'm finally going to talk about the one team I'm never trusting again. Oh, yeah, what was that? Yeah. There's one team yeah. I'm never going to trust again, and I'll tell you who that is. 
Last night, Thunder beat down the Spurs in a, their first play in, or in-season tournament win. The Chet versus Victor showdown never really materialized. Neither one of those guys had a, had a very good game. But the Thunder as a whole did as they just smoked the Spurs. And then high school hoops results from last night as well. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things. Whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to kadsam.com or download the app. The app's got it all. It's got radio. The Penny News, I saw our fearless leader pulling the Penny News trailer just a couple of minutes ago out of the parking lot, headed east to go pick up a brand new copy of the print edition of the Penny News. He waited for the fog to lift. He did. He had to, I mean, it was foggy coming in here. So there'll be print edition of the Penny News out some places this evening. By tomorrow morning at this time, everybody can go pick up a free copy if you, want to, if you're, if you can't wait. If you can't wait for the deals in the Penny News... Just do the app, and you can log on. You can you can find the deals there. Log on to uh, thepennynews.com. That uh, updated it at uh, midnight last night. So fresh digital penny news is out there. You got Big Elk and Paragon TV We're into the hoop season now. After the Elks, Hollis and Merritt are eliminated from the football playoffs, or, or the, the football seasons are over. So it'll be wall to wall hoops on Paragon and Big Elk TV, and of course, Skinny on Sports podcast. You can find it anywhere podcasts drop. How are you today, Jared? I'm good. How are you? I like that hat. I didn't know he had hats. Well, yeah, Santiago's Tacos. Just you get a hat? I. It helps to go to high school with the guy. I guess and, so. And, and run around with him back in the day. Very nice. So speaking he, of, he hooked uh, me up with a hat one day when I was giving him my business. Speaking of high school, you were at Sweetwater last night. Canute, a couple of uh, easy dominant wins uh, tell us about what you saw last uh, it is uh yeah it was uh boring <laughs> i'm not gonna sugarcoat it it was just a boring boring couple of games in a good way if you're a canute fan because like you said a couple of easy wins canute trojanettes a, a team i'm still i mean here's the deal i knew that they would be solid because of players like destiny jackson and emily cantwell and, and uh, malia DeGarmo. Uh, but then the the new uh, players coming in to start. I mean, there was a key injury in Kelly Thompson. She's out for the year. That happened before the season even started. She was a senior. Unfortunately, she got a knee injury. She's done. And and so you know you had the sophomore Kendall Schuster coming in, uh, replacing Taylor Butler's position. Uh, you have Gabby Espinoza, who was a move in last year, got limited play. Now she's a senior thrust into a starting role so my whole point to this was I'm trying to figure out what what is this team going to be about what are they going to be and and Aaron I know it's only four games in but if they shoot like that all season long they're they're going to be really really good they shot uh 19 or excuse me 13 of 20 from outside uh, about I think they hit nine of their three pointers in the first half whoa whoa 13 of 20 from three Correct. Holy Moses. It was an onslaught. And and you talked about, you know, you could talk about a player and you'll see that they're dialed in and they're just in the zone, like in any sport, and in basketball too, where you just give that person the ball uh, because they're either going to – they're, they're going to put the ball through the hoop, through the cylinder somehow. And that was Destiny Jackson that first half. She had 26 points, but 24 of them came in the first half. 
uh, let me count them here, one, two, three, four three-pointers in that first half in that second quarter from Destiny Jackson. She was just dialed in, and she didn't get a lot of playing time that second half because it was 51-4 to four at the break. Everybody got involved. Uh, it, that's a great position to be in is when Coach Ridley can throw in everybody, still run an offense, but she kept – you know, a couple of experienced players out there to run with the other ones. It was a good, it was a good night in that regard. And and, and listen, Sweetwater, you know they came in two and zero on the year, so I was kind of wondering, well, what what kind of team is this Sweetwater team? And um, they're, you know, they're short bench. They had a they suffered an injury uh to one of their players early in the game, and it took them down to just six players. And it is what it is. But Canute did what they what we thought they'd do. Boys, a nice bounce back win for them. They um they won. 84 to 61 and in a game that wasn't never really close and much like the girls game everybody got in and, and and got got some playing time um looking at it everybody but two guys scored uh Jake Butler was efficient with 23 points led all scores you had 16 points from Jake Nutson off the bench he had four three pointers uh, so they too were 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 shooting the ball really well and um did what I thought they would do against Sweetwater, and, and you know the boys—they're another team that I'm trying to figure out what's this team going to be about because they were a really young team last year, started a lot of freshmen. Now they're starting four sophomores and a junior, so we're getting an idea of what this team's going to be next year, you know. And um, and then the guys coming off the bench are sophomores and juniors. There's not one senior on this team, and you can see in the, in the bigger picture what's going on here, and they can be really good. Uh, um, let me take that back. They can be really good now if they can shoot like that. And they have gotten better at shooting, better at passing, and better at uh, protecting the basketball, not turning it over. And and um, so just, I guess, smarter play, you know. And that comes with youthfulness. And last year you saw a lot of some silly mistakes. That's cleaned up. Uh, again, it's only four games in. They had a shot at beating a really good Sentinel team on Friday night going back and watching that game. Down 10 and they fought their way back. I like this as a nice bounce back win for them. And now – Another tough game. Um, I say tough game on the road. It's always tough to go to Hydro and, and, you know, with the tradition that they carry over there, and that's happening on Friday night. And I say this, you know, we talk about, you know, the five-county tournament is kind of a – kind of gives you an idea of what a team can be or, you know, whoever wins that tournament or has some success in that tournament kind of gives you an idea of further down the road. In Canute's case, that's always kind of been that Hydro game, like one of those really early mm-hmm. tests – the girls' games, you know, whoever would win. And they've had some fun battles. They've had some blowout battles in, in, in close game, close wins and losses. And then you turn around and look, there's Hydro going on playing for a state title. Or there's Canute, like last year, they they beat Hydro early in the year, and they were a game away from state last year. So it's kind of one of those, okay, kind of circle that game right there. That might be a li- give us a little glimpse of what, this team, what these teams can be moving forward so i'm looking forward to friday night on the road over at hydro yeah, but spe- good good wins from canute <clears throat> speaking of hydro they took a couple of l's last night uh, cheyenne raiden went over there and swept hydro weekly the girls uh, the lady bears 41 32 the bears 52 uh, to 44 so cheyenne raiden gets a couple of really nice wins on the road down at hydro weekly same could be said for the leady lady bison that was uh and one that i had my eye on a little bit last night at times uh, and Leedy had a lead, kind of let it slip in the fourth quarter, but held on as Leedy beat Sentinel forty-six to forty-four. So the uh, the uh, the teacher got one over the pupil there uh, with Leah versus Kennedy, and then the boys' game Sentinel is uh, you know 
I, I think most people would tell you they're the best boys team out here in this kind of West Central area. Mm-hmm. You know, Weatherford yeah. West on I-40 or so. Small school. Yeah, small school. Oh, small well, yeah, school. Weatherford yeah. doesn't count, but yeah, in the small <laughs> school. Uh, Sentinel beat Leedy 63-50. Uh, to 50. And as you mentioned, that game on Friday night was – I went back and watched a little bit of that against Knuth. That was a good game. <laughs> you know, that's uh, – well, you know, we were doing a, what we were doing, and right. I checked the score, and and Canute was down ten. I thought, well, that might be as expected because of that youth I talked mm-hmm. about, and how how good Sentinel is. And then I get home, check the score, and I see overtime lost by three. And right. What happened? So yeah. I went back and basically just watched the second half. Yeah, it was good stuff. And then um, Hammond, Lady Warriors, fifty six twenty one over Apo Butler. This one surprised me a bit that the Hammond Warriors. Coach Larry Johnston in his first season coming from Roth and, and all the success that uh, he and the Tigers had had down there. Uh, Hammond beat Arapo Butler on the home floor last night, 40-37. to 37. So maybe hmm. a little bit of a, a glimpse at a turnaround. We're figuring uh, it out. Season. I know they're young, too, uh, their players. And so uh, that could be one of those kind of keep your eye on for as the season progresses, the Hammond Warriors getting better. And then, of course, you know, seasons to come. Uh, I think that that could be – uh, something worth watching there uh, with Hammond uh, Warriors beating Arapaho on their home floor last night, 40-37. to 37. So good stuff with the high school hoop season. Just kind of getting started. I was looking up. I, I was wondering when the rankings start, and that will be the first uh, the first week of uh, December, the Correct. 4th, for Class A and Class B. That will be the first ranking. will be that Monday, uh, December the 4th, and then for 2A through 4A, That'll be the next week. The rankings are kind of like we're about to talk about college football playoffs, kind of in that same vein of where you want to be to help your playoff run, less travel or hosting uh, area or region or uh, district and regional stuff like that. So that first rankings, everyone is jockeying for position right now to see where they're going to be, and then if it holds uh, towards the end of the year, should be should be interesting. Yeah, and I, th- I think we've got to remember something that that has changed. Well, what's that? Once we get rolling here, there's no guarantee like in the past. You know, if if you've got a really good girls team and not a very good boys team, that's not going to matter. Oh, did I miss a rule change? Yeah, there that's not necessarily you're that, that there's no guarantee that each team plays the same district oh that's right i I totally forgot about that right i totally forgot about that yeah so there you know there's that's going to be a little bit be in two places at once yeah i i don't know how that all is going to work oh boy howdy i i don't know how maybe there's more of a pod and the district will be in one place you just won't be playing the same people. I'm just ho- yeah, I'm and I'm not hoping, sure how that. Surely exactly how that they're works. not going to, and we've said this before. This is all coming back to me now, that they're not going to send one girls team one way to one location and a boys team to another location and have them play at the same exact time. I don't know how you can avoid it. Well, I don't know. Later down in the playoffs, I think that. Well, I think it's just district. It's just district. I think I think they're going to be in the same regional. I just don't know if you're going to have to tie each other, tie them to each other, district-wise. I we're going to find out. Here, here's a question I've got: How am I going to handle a bunch of parents that are upset with me for not covering <laughs> their boys or girls team? How do I do that? Aaron? Uh, that's not. How do I answer that question? That's above our heads. That may even be clear above our heads, meaning us as a whole. Yeah. 
I would start looking up the OSSA for that one. Yeah. Um, here, here's a question I have for you. Have you noticed any difference in the pace of play, the length of the games, the flow of the games with the rule changes with the free throws? I keep trying to notice, and I'm just not. At, at one point, now last night I'd throw those games out because of the results and what they were. Um, but the one thing I did notice, one, my games ended a lot earlier than, say, Hydro and Cheyenne. I don't know what happened there. I think even Hammond and I was already on the road when I started getting those text messages in, those finals. Um, but uh, I think the pace of play will be affected if, like at one point last night, one of the teams, can't remember who, had four fouls, and there was four minutes left to go in that quarter. And that thought came, oh, boy, one more, and we're going to be stopping this clock a lot. You know, because I just wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. I wanted to get out of there. So there's that. I don't. So there's the there's a possibility of that and lengthening the game. Um, I've always questioned: Would you start that fouling stuff early in a game to try to get the ball back? But why give your opponent? Why take fouls and just to put your opponent on the free throw line to shoot two free throws? It's not a one and one anymore. Those are gone. So I I haven't I have not really noticed. I think lanes. it's going to be an interesting thing as we move, as we move along through the season into the playoffs. I'd love to get a coach in here or on the phone and get their thoughts. Like, have you thought about your strategy with this new rule change? I haven't asked them. I've had conversations with our coaches just in passing, but I haven't even brought that up. We'll do that. We're also going to bring some of the announcers to the air here. I'm thinking after Thanksgiving. Once – Get a few games get a under, few our, games belt. under yeah. our belts yeah. and, and kind of see the landscape of what's going on and, and get a feel for some of these teams. We're going to have those uh, those Paragon TV announcers on the air with us, um, I think, probably weekly, probably on Wednesday. We'll have a, a weekly it, it wrap-up. feels we'll like Wednesday is a perfect day. That's a perfect one because you could wrap up the tournament from the previous week. Or the Friday, or, or Tuesday. Friday, Tuesday. Preview Friday. Yeah, preview Friday, yeah. Makes a lot of sense Talk for Talk about whatever Wednesday. big game happened Tuesday night. Yeah, that makes sense. Wednesday should be the – we got we need a name for it. We already have a name, Jared. Same name it was before. What's that? The Paragon Pick and Roll. Oh, yeah, the, it's the, pretty, well, well, it pretty simple. Yeah, that makes sense. Already got it. I like it. We named it years ago. We did name it years ago. All right, speaking of big games, last night, the Chet Wimby round one in Oklahoma City, Spurs-Thunder, third in-season tournament game for OKC. Everybody wanted to see, any, including the TNT guys. I mean, Shaq could not have been more disenchanted with the way that game went if he'd have tried. He was thinking, and this is the way it was built up too, yeah, Chet yeah. versus Wimby. And then in the first the first half, they might have guarded each other three times. And so that clearly, he had a lot of disdain for that. And then when you look at the final numbers, there wasn't a ton of uh, success for either guy in the scoring column. And so Shaq was pretty over the Chet Wimby buildup and especially the result of what we saw. But I think they were also very, very impressed with the whole of what OKC is. I mean, we look at Wimbanyama, 8 points, 14 rebounds, 4 of 15. Chet was 3 for 10, 9 points, 7 rebounds. They both blocked some shots. But Oklahoma City, man, 
They were down. I think it was forty-nine to forty-eight, forty-eight to forty-seven. One of those, right toward the end, near the end of. I think it was forty-eight, forty-seven, maybe even forty-eight, forty-six. With a couple of minutes left in the first half, and they finished the half up fifty-eight, forty-eight, and then just destroy San Antonio to the tune of sixty-five to thirty-nine in the second half, up upwards of forty in the second half. They win 123-87. to 87. Shea was awesome and didn't play a ton, only 28 minutes. He scored 28 points in 28 minutes, 10 of 16 shooting. He had seven steals, dished out five assists, grabbed six rebounds, didn't play the fourth quarter. Um, he was great. Giddy, you saw the, the – like, Giddy was who you wanted him to be. To the into that point, Shaq called him the new Pistol Pete at halftime. <laughs> Now, I That's think high Thunder fans probably go, well, Pistol Pete could shoot, and I get it. But, I mean, the way that he can manipulate people with the with his passing is just, and, and of course, to, to kind of the exclamation point of the second quarter was that kind of flip over the shoulder back to Chet for the dunk to, to end the first half up 10. He was 7 of 11, 18 points with 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Just It, just, it felt like he was even better than that because when you watched it, it just seemed like Giddy controlled everything. Uh, but the Thunder were awesome last night, and, and maybe maybe we didn't see, people around the country didn't get to see Chet and Wimbanyama like they wanted to, but I'll tell you what they did get to see, Jared. And they haven't got to see much of this, but they got to see Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and what the young Thunder core is. You look at the plus-minus from the starters last night, Giddy was the worst at plus 20. Just total domination. To the, you know what they did? We see this in college football sometimes, and maybe even in the NFL sometimes. I don't think I've ever seen it in basketball. They switched the game. Oh, did they? They switched from the Thunder to the Pacers-Philly. They switched the game on TNT. I don't think I've ever seen that happen and then switched it back. Now, conspiracy theory in me says they switched it because they didn't want their new golden boy looking bad on national television. And Wimbanyama looked bad. Like, he didn't want to be there bad. And I know there's a Chet. Him and Chet don't like each other from for whatever reason from way back. And neither one – it wasn't like Chet was just giving it to him. It was just the Thunder giving it to him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they switched the game. I'd be mad. If, well, I would be mad if I was at home watching because I don't have Bally Sports, so I'd like, hey, I don't get to watch these guys all the time, other than highlights on Sports Center or YouTube. So I, I would have been mad. But I can, yeah, when you're winning that big, it's not really must see TV anymore. I Uh-oh. think people failed to realize they, they built up the Wimby versus Chet. Uh, drama or whatever you want to call it and it will come i mean these guys are still technically rookies you know, chet included and they're still you know getting acclimated to this next level to this nba level and, and they're going to be really good and, and when they play each other it's gonna be really fun but i think people failed to realize and now the nation finally might realize it is that as a whole like you mentioned oklahoma city is just better just better than san antonio san antonio is going to go through growing pains learning how to use wimby building around him i think this isn't a one-year thing where they're suddenly going to be turnaround contenders in the west i don't think that was ever realistic but right now thunder is more 
built to win now, and that was very clear last night. They played great defense on Wimby from from what I could hear and see on the Sports Center highlights last night. Um, forcing, I mean, just frustrating the guy to the point of almost quitting, I guess, and uh, forcing what he turned it over five times. They just kept switching on him from what I was told or what I heard this morning driving in. Um, so maybe they put out a little bit of a formula on how to slow him down at least and force these other guys to do something for San Antonio. But Oklahoma City, though, I mean, they're, it, I, I thought it was funny. I never really said it out loud. Like, they're building up the Wimby versus Chet thing. But I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, SGA's on this team, right? Giddy's on this team. Williams is on this team. This is a good team. It's more than just Chet. Oh, yeah. You know, you heard all, saw the highlights, saw the Stephen A. Smith stuff. I mean, oh, the first take and everything. Just talk about Chet versus Wimby, Chet versus Wimby. Are you guys realizing that this team is more than Chet? We didn't have Chet last year, and look what they did. I mean, this is a really, really good built basketball team, and they're off to a hot start. What was the stat? First, best start in 10 years? Yeah, I think first six and four in 10 years. Now, seven and four. Seven and, and four. Yeah. I mean, it's it's natural for that to be the the promo promo of the and game. I get it. You want people to tune in to watch. <clears throat> yeah, especially when it's Wimby involved. And they're trying to create this this Listen. magic versus versus, versus Bird. Bird. Yeah. Because they're, yeah. here, here's the truth of it. You're starting to get to the point where the face of the league is going to change. LeBron can't, even though it looks like maybe he can, LeBron can't play forever. Durant can't play forever. And so who's next? Who's got next as the face of the league? And, and, you know, I think part of, you you know, Jokic is probably the best player in the NBA right now. But he's not overly marketable. You know, Giannis hasn't ever really seemed to want to be the face of the league. You know? You know, Curry is getting old. And there's just if, if Giannis did, he would have explored on how to get out of the Milwaukee. I think market. that's right. I a hundred percent agree with that. Because that's I think that shows you Giannis really was a guy that wanted to win more than wanted to be some kind of not, heck worldwide brand and then he's still in milwaukee i love that he's still there because he's proving what i'm mean, obviously because of how, how spurned we were when kd left the small market of oklahoma city and went on to do whatever he did i like that yeah Giannis is there saying i want to stay here in this small market and i could still be a winner and still maybe be marketable well I mean, he's 100 percent marketable yeah so I like that because maybe that'll show other people, you know, instead of this demanding trade era that we're in, mm-hmm. that people will go, yeah, I can win here and I can be profitable profitable here outside of playing basketball. I can still sell shoes here. That's why I was so fresh about KD. I'm like, you could still, you made a movie here. There, You, you got your movie deal. You, you, you're selling shoes. You're selling jerseys. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to leave to go for whatever that reason was. Anyways, I like that Giannis stayed there. Yeah, and we'll yeah. see. I mean, Shea is going to be faced with that same choice here in a couple of years. And so far, it looks like the Thunder and Sam Presti have done a really nice job putting some guys around him. And they still have bukus of ammo to make that even better. Now, how they choose to use that, that's going to be one of those things that's going to be cussed and discussed until it happens, and it's going to be cussed and discussed after it happens, especially if it doesn't work because everybody's going to have a better idea, right? Right. But I can tell you this, 
That draft pick at number two, two years ago, was cussed and discussed and, and back and forth and this and that. It sure looks like they made the exact right draft pick that was available. Would they have re- would they have rather had Paulo Bencaro? I don't think so. I, I think Presti had zeroed in on Chet Holmgren no matter what pick they had. Felt like it. If it was number one, it was going to be Chet. If it was number two, it was going to be Chet. If Chet was there at three, it was going to be Chet. If the Thunder were able to get him, that's exactly who they wanted. That's who they targeted in that draft. And think about this. This could come to, this could be an all-timer of a draft. Because the one guy you we got to see last year without seeing Chet, Jalen Williams, down there at number 12. All he did was what? The, the runner-up for rookie of the year? And he wasn't even the prize of the draft, supposedly. I mean, you, you're talking about major firepower in one draft. And that's where when, when people say, oh, you can't pick here, you can't pick there. You know, has Presti had misses? Absolutely. As anybody does outside of the top, whatever. But I'll tell you this. Has he had misses in the top five? Mm, no. And there's a mm. bunch of people that can't say that. Yeah. And he's also hit on numerous mid to late first rounders and it sure looks like with with Williams and with Holmgren I mean goodness to go along with it with SGA which you know when that trade was made with Paul George a lot of people just kind of went huh throw in throw in some rookie guy named Shea Gilgis Alexander that's why Sam Press is so valuable you can find those guys you know, obviously Chet but he found Williams you know he's finding these guys San Antonio better be doing that too, and that and, and they have a history of doing it. They have a history of doing it. If they don't, Wimby might go. Oh man, you guys can't build anything around me because right now there's nothing around them. Yeah, it's it's way it's, way it's early. early. Question on the text line: Do you think Giannis goes to a big city if he grew up in America? I think it's super hard to say no, and here's why: Name me since say the decision when all this sort of started right i mean i guess it you can you can trace the super team thing back to boston but that that happened because of a trade because of multiple trades yeah to get kg paul pierce and ray allen together at the you know 2008 the decision with lebron forming that team in in miami to me that was the first where the player movement on its own started. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the past decade, name me an American-born player that hasn't had the opportunity via free agency or forcing their way out of certain spots that hasn't upgraded in market. That shows to stay. Yeah. it's a good question. That's a good one. Like a superstar. I mean, you can't just go a guy that, like a like a like a well known dude. Are we talking just basketball? Yeah, just, yeah, in the NBA. In the NBA. Yeah, there's Carl Malone, but that was so long ago. I'm talking about. You're talking post. I'm talking about t- 2012. Right. 2012 was the decision, or 2011. 2011 was. 2011 the- was the t- was the decision that LeBron taking my talents to South Beach and all right. that. And to me, that uh, that has ushered in a totally new level of player movement player control player control yeah. of their of their destinations or, or who they play for so since That's then a great question 
I'm. I mean, I'm racking my brain. No, I can't think of one. Trying I to think of one. I can't think of one of a of a of a name dude that has stayed with the team that basically drafted him from America. From that lives grew up in America. That's a great question. I mean, Dirk was a Dallas Mav for life, but he is German. Looks like Giannis, at least for the time being, is kind of that guy in Milwaukee. I, I, I can't think of anybody that was American-born that didn't. Man, almost Lillard, but now he's gone. Now he went to. Lillard is Lillard's a good one. Almost. A really good one. And, and now he obviously forced himself out of there. Mm-hmm. But. I thought he was going to be there for life. But I don't think he upgraded. That's it. It's Lillard. Lillard didn't upgrade his his situation from a from a market standpoint. Oh, from a market standpoint, he absolutely went down. not. No. It's Lillard. Dame Lillard. That's who it is. He may be the only one. You know, right now you've he got... He went from a cold, small market in the Northwest to a cold, small market <laughs> in, in the, the Midwest. North, yeah. yeah. Northern Midwest, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lillard is it. Lillard is it. Now, he didn't stay. He upgraded teams, but he didn't upgrade he upgra- market. That's right. He didn't He didn't go for the in glitz and glamour, which it looked like he was going to all summer long. Miami. And it didn't happen that way. I think there's another there's another guy that's getting close to to making a decision if he can stay healthy. That's Zion. Right. Zion. We we've already seen this song and dance with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Forced his way to the Lakers. Yeah, there's Duncan Sand yeah, I mean it used to happen a bunch. It totally used to happen, a, a ton. But what we're asking is American-born players that have stayed put or even downgraded in the market size that they're in. Because the question on the text since line was the decision since the since, decision since the LeBron right. James two thousand since the off season and it, the, the summer of eleven basically. And the reason the question was asked was because Giannis stayed, but Giannis didn't grow up in America, and so if Giannis would have, would he have changed? If he would, he have went for the bright lights of the big, the big market, and the big city, and outside of Dame, no one has. Everyone's always went for the brighter lights from Amer- American mm-hmm. kids. Yep. I mean, you'd think they'd be the more like the the international guys, you know, from from outside the country looking in. All they hear about is the large markets most of the time, right? From yeah. L.A. to New York. That's all they hear about. So you think they'd, oh, that's my dream. I eventually want to get there. And I will go, I will start out in Milwaukee, and I'm going to build up my name. I'm going to build up my game, and I'm going to go play in New York. I'm going to play in the Garden. I'm going to play on mm-hmm. the West Coast in the Paycom or whatever it's called now. But Yeah, I think that's interesting because – you know, there's there's not very many of these guys that come over here as already stars. Wimanyama is. Yep. He's already that, a star at, at 19 years old. That is a first, absolutely. The rest of these guys, and, and you know what? It seems, at least the ones that are swirling around in my head right now, from Dirk to, to Jokic, SGA seems this way, um... You know, Manu and Tony Parker obviously felt it felt like these. 
it seems like these guys that grow up somewhere else are a lot more gym rat type guys as opposed to culture mm-hmm. type guys. The, the one exception I think that you could say is Paul, uh, is Paul Gasol. He seemed to kind of make that more of a priority, especially as he got older. He needed to be in a certain city that had a certain culture to fit his lifestyle. It's a huge reason why he didn't come here. You know, toward those those later years where, you know, the Thunder was looking to add that one last piece to try to win yeah. the title, and and he was the guy that was rumored a lot, and he, he never did, and and that was kind of the the answer to him. So he he was one of the only ones in my mind. The rest have all been kind of gym rat. You know, Giannis seems to be the same way, and maybe they enjoy the the smaller city the less distractions the able to work on their craft more than than, than what the the American kids growing up seem to yeah All right, let's go to college football I for one did not think the rankings in the top eight were going to change whatsoever last night um, Ohio State's been one all the way down through uh, let's see who's number eight Alabama that order has been was uh, consistent the first two weeks last night though a new number one arose to the top of the polls and that was Georgia after just dismantling Ole Miss 52-17 to on their home field on Saturday. Georgia is now number one, flipping spots with Ohio State number two. Everybody else then from three down to eight stayed the exact same uh, with Michigan, then Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama. Are you surprised that there was a change at the top? Not really. I think they were waiting for Georgia to have um... – Nice wins, nicer wins, more comp- competitive wins. And when you go up against, like, I mean, what they did to Ole Miss, and then before that what they did to Missouri, I think it kind of built up to that. I think the committee was just kind of waiting because uh, there's teams that had qual- better quality wins. You know, Ohio State had those quality wins uh, when they spent that time up top. I think this gave the committee an excuse, okay, We've always wanted Georgia there. We couldn't put them there because before that they were beating Vanderbilt and a bad Florida team. Well, now they went and beat Missouri, who's looking pretty good after beating Tennessee, and they beat Ole Miss, who was a top-10 team at the time and really had no problem with the Rebs. So now we can put them at number one. So that that didn't shock me at all. That didn't – I, I've always been – I've always been on – you've known me since week zero. I've been – Georgia's number one team, so did, why would it shock me that they put them at number one? Yeah, I think I think there are a couple things at play. One, just the level of domination that they put on Ole Miss, and then two, you hit you hit the head, the nail right on the head to me. Beating Missouri now looks better because of the way that Missouri yeah. just dominated Tennessee, and then on the other side for Ohio, for Ohio State, their signature win now looks not quite as good after Michigan beats Penn State. Yeah. And, and the Penn State team you saw was so putrid on offense. As a matter of fact, they fired their offense coordinator, Mike Yersich, after the game. I missed that. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, Mike Yersich has been fired by, mm. by Penn State because of their lack of offensive ability there against Michigan. I mean, Michigan won that game without throwing a pass in the second half. I think they ran it, what, 38 times straight from the middle of the second quarter on? And – you never felt like Penn State was going to win. No. It was crazy. It was just – I mean, it was like what it must have been like in like 1975 watching OU def- OU's defense with uh, Leroy Selman knowing, you know what, seven's enough, boys. Yeah. <laughs> just get us a touchdown and we'll hold on to that lead. That's the way it felt like with Michigan and Penn State 
on Saturday. All right, here's the deal. We have an unbelievable debate brewing. Maybe the greatest Final Four debate that we're ever going to see. Well, that we ever have seen since this is the last year. So think about this. Let's get Florida State undefeated. Because I want to shrink the size. I want to shrink the amount of of spots left. Right. Okay. So Florida State's undefeated. Whoever wins Ohio State, Michigan wins the Big Ten title undefeated. So you've got two guaranteed in, right? Aren't they? Yeah. They got, yeah. Are we sure? Well, I mean, does does it carry weight with how long you've been in the top four? I mean, if Florida State's been in that top four. I don't Ever since so. the first uh, uh, rankings were released. It didn't for TCU in 2014 when Ohio State jumped them the last week and had been behind them the entire yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's say those two things happen, and let's say they both get in. I think they would. I, I know Michigan or Ohio State would. Florida State, oh, you, you, surely. Surely to goodness they would. But now... The debate rages between the loser of Ohio State-Michigan. Let's say Bama beats Georgia, which at this point, that's not that far-fetched in the SEC title game. So you've got non-conference champions, one loss, two-time defending uh, national champion Georgia that only lost in in their title game. You've got Ohio State or Michigan that only lost to the Big Ten champ undefeated the other one. And then you've got one loss SEC champ Bama, one loss Pac-12 champ Oregon who beats Washington, and one loss Big 12 champ Texas. Well, hasn't the committee told us that championships matter? I think so. Conference championship matters. I certainly think so. So on that scenario – your runner-ups. Even though it was undefeated two-time national champion Georgia that got beat in the SEC title game. Maybe. in this For this year, maybe. They didn't hoist a trophy. Texas did. Oregon did. Who else was hoisting a trophy with one loss? Anybody? One loss, Oregon, Bama, Texas. And then you had the two. Bama did. I, I think whoever loses, your, Ohio State-Michigan loser is out. Yeah, that's an elimination game. I think they're out in this scenario. The only one that even gets a, 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 an argument would be Georgia. Just be, And a lot of it would be because they've won the last two. And they made it through the SEC schedule as light as theirs was. Clear to the championship game undefeated. But, I, I can't wait to watch. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch the committee twist themselves like a pretzel in knots, <laughs> trying to justify whatever belief they have. In that scenario, who gets in? I got to go with conference champs, so I would. So you say, got three of them. So I got your Big Ten champ, correct? Yeah, you've already got Big Ten and ACC in. In ACC. Yeah. So, so if you're doing, so Ohio if Ohio State slash Michigan. Yes, Florida State. And Florida State. And then you got you got your Big Twelve champ, one loss Texas. In Texas, you got your Pac twelve champ, one loss Oregon. And your, and SEC, your SEC champ, champ who would be one loss scenario, Bama. Alabama, put Alabama in. Why? 
They'll go with strength of schedule in the SEC. So it does. Okay. Okay. That's th- that's what they'll say. Interesting. But be- if you put Bama in, you're going to have to put Texas. You in. have to. And so now, I I I, th- I agree with what you're saying here as far as the perception, but now you're leaving what everybody thinks is the best conference this year, right? The Pac-12, Pac-12 you're, leaving, them you're out. leaving their champion out. Is this the possible scenario where an SEC champ doesn't get in the playoff? Is there any universe? You know who's screwing the Pac-12? The USC because they keep losing. If they had, if this was all even kill with Washington, Oregon, USC, well, if Washington Oregon just State, wins out. If Washington just wins out, then they're in. Well, yeah. You can't. And then it can, can't so then it out. so then it comes down to one loss Texas versus one loss Alabama. Ouch. Ouch. That would be a room divided. That'd be like twelve angry men, man. That would be. I'm almost there, rooting the, for that one. You would get. I uh, me too. I want the uh, Texas versus Alabama argument after out, out of all that because you're going to get. You're going to get Saban doing his stuff that he doesn't want to do, but he's going to go on game day during the Army Navy game or whenever in, in in politic, and then he's, and then will will Scar will Sark do that? Everyone's going to here's bet, the deal. But people are going to be screaming from the mountaintops. Think about this. Think about this. Texas beat Alabama. Sark. I mean, the Big Twelve title game is always at eleven o'clock. Yeah, it's always the first rattle out of the box. So do we see Sark coming on at second quarter of the ACC game that night with Florida State <laughs> politicking? Probably. You know what he's going to do. Because the Bama game, Bama would have already probably beat Georgia by the time that kicks off. He'd probably come on that And they're not going to let him on CBS. No. They're no. not going to let him on Fox during the Big, Big Ten title game. The Pac-12 is the night before on a Friday. So the only choice is that ACC game at night. Are they going to let Sark come on like they did old Mike Brown back in the yeah. day? And you know, in the two thousand eight discussion, if if they if if he was smart, he would they would let him on, hmm. and he would host hold the Big Twelve trophy while he's doing his interview. Yeah, he'd Just host a, it right there. Make he, sure it's in the shot. Go, you see this, boys? Well, they're not going to do that. They're going to have his little face flowing because it's going to be during the game. So he need to make sure and have a better. Instead of it's just his face on the as the the pull, the, the fly in. Oh yeah, I want to see him. I want to see the. I want to see video. And, of now, him. And, and he needs to have a hat on that has the score of the Alabama Texas. Yeah, thirty four twenty four. Yeah, just right. <laughs> that's all it needs to be. Like no, that. Don't even it. say anything. Don't even say. Anything. Just hold the trophy. Don't even acknowledge that you're holding a conference title. And and then have that hat on. I mean, really, just go. Come okay. on. I'm remi- I'm giving you reminders why we're. We I'm should th- be in over Alabama. I'm going to throw one more kink into this issue. issue. The only network that's going to let him on would be ESPN. Is there any chance ESPN lets him on to maybe mess up their prized property, which is the SEC? <laughs> Oh, this well, is that not a win-win for them? I mean, don't they still well, I mean, have you consider, the Longhorn Network and still have yeah, all that? I mean, you, and you consider Texas an SEC team starting right. now. They're I mean, like, oh, this is a win-win. Whoever gets in, we profit. 
somehow. Yeah, I hope this happens. I'm actually starting to root more for because here, I really want it to be Oregon too. They get yeah all the one loss things. I like that. I want it to be those three one loss teams. I want it to be those three because here here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to use different reasons to justify keeping Texas out. They're going to use like the 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 resume of Oregon going through that conference. Yeah. And the one thing that they've they've used in the past, the head to head, is going to go away for Texas. Do do I think Bama would beat Texas right now? I do. Oh yeah. I but what's the point? This will crush anybody wanting to play a decent non-conference game ever again. Because if you lose it, you don't get any benefit. And now all of a sudden, if you win it, you wouldn't get any. Now this this all kind of goes away because we're going to have a twelve-team playoff next year. So some of these are, you know, some of these scenarios will go away. Yeah. But I mean, if you're Texas, you, why in the world would you play Michigan next year? Out of conference, you, you cancel every one of those and just play Texas State and yeah, whoever, because there's no benefit either way to winning it or losing it. And and my hope has always been, once it turns into a 12 team playoff, each team gets an extra mulligan or so especially if you're a Big Ten, especially if you're an SEC school. And that leads to more great out-of-conference games because no one's as scared about losing it if you've got 12 spots instead of four. But if this happens and Bama is in over Texas after they lost on their home field, I don't know I don't know why anybody in their right mind that has a team that year in, year out could be a playoff team would ever consider playing a, a great team in the non-conference and all that's going to do is make college football worse yeah i mean the conference games are going to be better but man that first couple of weeks you're getting ready to roll and there's great out of conference games and you get to talk trash and those are going to go away wrapping up a wednesday question why does everybody think the pac-12 is the best conference I don't know if that thing is they're the best, but they're not the worst. I mean, they're really, really good. Oh, I good. think they're the best. You think they are? Absolutely. I, I think they're – but with Alabama coming on, Georgia where they're at, I mean, that may be a two-team top-heavy conference. I don't know. Who's or, the third? Is Oregon L- State's L- number 10. LSU, are they – I mean, everyone's really loving Jaden Daniels. I mean, right you've now. got number one, number number eight, and number 11 in the SEC. You've got, you've got five, six, and 10 in the Pac-12. Yeah, I want to see a lot of uh, Pac-12 SEC bowl games. I, I think that'd be great. I mean, Utah has It'll been settle this. Yeah, I mean, Utah's seven and three without their quarterback. Right. You know, and and another team that nobody even knows is good. You know who that is? Out of the Pac-12. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona. Nobody has any idea they're good. Yep. All the glitz and glamour should have beat. USC. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. All the glitz and glamour of the early season in that conference of Colorado and USC has been replaced with substance by teams like Arizona, Utah, Oregon State. And Oregon State is still a major player in what could – they could derail the whole thing. By the way, did you see that lawsuit 
No. Oregon State and Washington State filed a lawsuit as soon as everything kind of went down in the Pac-12. Yesterday, a judge awarded them as basically the conference. Well, they are the two remaining, I guess. They're, that's what the judge said. And so, it, it now, there's going to be a lot of legal things happening between now and, and then, but they are the controllers of the Pac-12 at this point in time, according to a state judge in Washington, which is wild. I mean, could they yeah. just could could they just say, you know what, we run the Pac-12 and uh, we're playing for the Pac-12 title? We're the only two left. It doesn't matter what your record is, Oregon, Washington. Who cares? We're playing. See you in Vegas. And by the way, we're taking all your money too, hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know. It's that's, pretty. That'd be wild. Oh, listen, it's wild, very wild. What could be coming on? With with that decision, there's obviously going to be a, an appeal, and, and all that's going to happen here very shortly. But yeah, that, that was crazy that came down the pike yesterday. Man, there's so much going on. We're clear to ten oh four, and we never even got to sports karma. Oh, we got to we got to start with that one tomorrow. Sports karma kicked a couple of people right in the butt. Oh, darn. We'll darn. start with that tomorrow. By the way, have you figured out the team I'm never trusting again in college football? No. Who? It is simple. A team that has a two-game schedule every single year, and they lose both games basically every single year. Uh, Penn State? Penn State. We both yeah. kind of got hoodwinked was, into thinking yeah. they were going to be better this yeah, year. Yeah, they fooled me. I was we, we both did. I got fooled by Drew Aller and the talent. Oh, my gosh. He is way away from being a good quarterback. That game on, on Saturday. Is James Franklin a good coach? He is can until he, you play a good team. Can he, can he win the big one? He can at Penn State. Nine, one and nine against Ohio State. Three and seven now against Michigan. So four and 16 against the top two teams in that conference. Oh yeah, he'll go to the Citrus Bowl. He'll sneak into a, you know, New Year's Six here and there. But he is a long ways away. If you watch those games, they were both ugly games against Ohio State and against Michigan, and games that they just it was like a boa constrictor, and they just suffocated the life out of Penn State. Yep. And Michigan's not going to get the credit they deserve for that win with everything that was going on and just doing what you had to do to win. They. Sharon Moore figured out in the middle of the second quarter, this dude on the other side has zero chance to put up 20, maybe even 10. So let's just run the ball. They can't, they're can't. they having a hard time stopping us anyway. Their pass rush is pretty good, disrupting our guy. Let's just quit throwing it. We don't have to throw it to win. I mean, it was, it was like a high school game. <laughs> One high school team just better than the other. They go, you know what? Nope. Why risk it? Penn State. Goodness. And next year, they'll roll in somewhere in the top 10, top 12-ish preseason. And guess what? That's probably where they'll end. 
It's not like they're massively overrated or anything because a lot of times they end up about where they start. But as the season rolls, you start to hear those whispers of, oh, this is their year. Here they go. And it never happens. (laughs) It never happens for Penn State, James Franklin. Man, there's so much. We didn't talk about the rule changes. Oh, yeah, the... The middle the, of the, the season. The Big 12 tiebreakers. I I think – I personally think they they got it right as far as if you're just talking about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Kansas State. That makes 100% sense. Just write it better. And then don't act like you didn't change it. Right. That's That's what I have issues with. I mean, they did get it right, but – how long did you have to figure this out when you knew you had a 14-team league? Shouldn't they have figured this out by media day in July? Yeah, you got You know I mean, what I mean? Knowing that this might be a possibility, the scenarios and everything, not not in the middle of November. That doesn't make – it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look good. No. And I get they're trying to make it right. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I get it. But in, when we're in the – we still have – we have played games with games yet to play that matter. Into I think it's just I don't know. I'm just, just as a fan of OU, just like all right, I'm just ready to put this conference in the rear view. It feeds it just, into a bunch of the OU fan conspiracy with the officiating. Well, I'm not getting with that. I'm just all, but just it, it frust- feeds right into the it. frustration of this is a clown car that this, we're in. Well, I want to get out. This conference, it goes to this conference, is trying its damnedest to not have to hand that last trophy mm-hmm. to Oklahoma or Texas, right? And right now, it can't do anything about Texas because they aren't in any of these ties. So, if if let's say this is if Iowa State wins this week, oh. about Wednesday of next week, are, are the tie breaks going to uh, change yeah, again? Yeah, exactly. Now that Texas is is in the two yeah. loss mix, oh, we found a loophole, and somehow Central Florida is now a second <laughs> I mean, place team. Well, it'll it, go up against Houston. I don't know. And honestly, it was pretty crazy that Kansas beating or losing to Cincinnati. And maybe that one's still in play, but I know there was one scenario that if if Kansas lost to Cincinnati, that helped OU in a tiebreak against OSU and some other, because of it takes Kansas down a notch, and then Iowa State would be the team. Uh, there was all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff in those tiebreaks. They got it right. I mean, it, it would make zero sense if the tie is three ways and Oklahoma State beat both OU and Kansas State, it would make zero sense for Oklahoma State not to win any tiebreaker considering they beat both of those teams. Right. If you want to look at it just the head-to-head, which most people consider that the end-all, be-all, except for maybe the college football playoff committee in a couple weeks when they put Bama in over Texas. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I think there, there's also some some arguments to be had of, well, Kansas State had to go to Texas and take a loss. OSU didn't. But yeah, I think they got it right. It just looks – it's just figure it out before this uh, – this never should have been the case. No, it should – no. It's someone dropped the ball. It, it's people that write legal and don't talk normal. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody have a great Wednesday. We will be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to 